0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman. At The Reason We Learn, we aspire to be part of the solution. The purpose of this show is to take a good, honest, potentially painful look at the way kids are being educated. We know we can do better. And this is where we'll talk about how. Let's learn something. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Reason We Learn. I'm your host, Deb Philman. And thank you for joining me today for a conversation with Shelly from There's No Place Like Home on YouTube and also Twitter. Um, This is where we talk about solutions. I mean, sometimes I do tell you what's wrong, what's going on in public schools. Actually, I've narrowed that down to once a week. (laughs) But if it's your first time here, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the channel so you can be notified when I make new content especially shows like this one. And I also hope you will like and share this broadcast so more people can participate live and asking us questions. The goal is for this to be a meeting place or a town hall of sorts um, where people who want to improve education or just want to learn about it and hear ideas about what they can do for their own kids can come. And this is where a diversity of thought okay, broad viewpoints are not only welcome, they are championed. We want to hear from different people. So that's why I do these shows live and that's why I open up the comments and try to take as many questions as I can or at least you guys can talk to each other. So I've invited Shelly to talk to me today. She runs an extremely popular homeschool YouTube channel where she helps educate other parents about her homeschooling journey. She has home well she has 11 children and she has successfully I think graduated five we'll find out from her a little bit more about that. And she's just an expert on the topic. But as much as I would love to delve into all the little ins and outs of homeschooling, that's you can go to her channel and get that and I hope that you do subscribe. We're going to bite off a couple chunks here. First thing we're going to talk about is the sort of you know, new trend of a lot of people homeschooling now and what both of us as experienced homeschoolers are concerned about, what we'd like you to know about that, especially from Shelly's point of view, having been more more experienced than I am. And then we're going to talk about school choice and the potential impact on homeschoolers and what concerns us about that. So we're going to try to educate you about those two things, like the new trend of homeschooling and what we see about that and the school choice question. So with that in mind, I hope you will join me in welcoming, welcoming my guest, Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hi. How are you this lovely evening? Good. It's hot, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it is hot, isn't it? Yeah, little <laughs> yeah. too. I'm like fall can come any day now. Yes. Uh, of course, fall in North Carolina is like if five minutes. If you blank, you miss it. It's you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it, then it's winter, and the winter's like just a prelude to summer. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so I have just uh, told the audience. What the deal is, and like, if you want, if you're here to find out like how to homeschool in the nitty gritty, they got to go to your channel. Like, (laughs) go over there, subscribe, follow, learn. Um, We are going to talk about you know all the new homeschoolers, but before we get started, can you just for the people who are completely unfamiliar with you, give just like a quick intro who you are, uh, how long you've been homeschooling, and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Shelly. I am a mom of 11 children, and we've been, we just started our 14th year of homeschooling. So, my oldest son, he actually graduated from public school. I did homeschool him for ninth and 10th grade, but that then I just burned out. And that's a story that I've told multiple times on my channel of how, why, why I burned out. And then we went back again and have been homeschooling ever since then. So, he did. Uh, graduate from public school, but then I have graduated four homeschoolers so far. And I still currently have six children being homeschooled. Well, one, the youngest is nine and the oldest being homeschooled is 16.
0: You are a dynamo. That's amazing. Um, I'm (laughs) sure there are a lot of people in the audience going, "Ah, "What?" (laughs) but at the same time, I want you to understand if she could do it with six, You could do with one or two. So I'm just saying, (laughs) no shame or anything. I'm just like, you know, I mean, I had three and you know, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying you can do it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. So, um, you know, in what's your sort of like elevator pitch for homeschooling? Like, why did you, and what, why do you say it's worth it? Um, well, originally,
1: my oldest son, the one who did graduate from public school, he was the one who started asking me about homeschooling. And so I just went, the first thing I did was just look up homeschool curriculum, because I didn't know any homeschoolers, I didn't know what to do. I went on curriculum, I saw how expensive it was. And I was like, Nope, we're not doing this. And then at the time, my my sixth child was still a baby. I said, I can't do this. But then we actually a few months later, we ended up meeting a family who had as many children as I did, who homeschooled. So then I dove in and we did start homeschooling for about two years. And really what brought me to do that was that um, we were having a lot of issues with the schools. Um, My my son, who at that point was in ninth grade, he was just he, he was given a very shady assignment for his health class that I was not happy that that they were expecting him to do. And then on top of that, there were just children being sent to school sick all the time and then he would get sick and then my other kids would get sick and then I would have to call him off of school and then I would get a letter saying your son is missing too much school and it was just it was just a vicious cycle but really the the nail in the coffin was that health assignment that I was just like nope so I did homeschool my children for two years then I tried to replicate school too much that's just really quickly in a nutshell tried to replicate school for those two years ended up burning out sent my kids back to school for two years. And then finally, I saw that it was really affecting um, our family structure. My children were arguing with one another quite a bit. I was seeing attitudes being brought home from the school system that I didn't like. And just really, I felt like a secondary parent. You know, there were bomb threats at the school. And I would go there to sign my children out early during the bomb threats. And they were telling me that the absence would be, or it would be considered unexcused. If I would sign them out during a bomb threat. And I just was at the point where I was like, you know what? This school is completely usurping my parental authority. I'm taking my kids back out. And I did. And we just completely approached homeschooling in a different way since then. And we've been doing it ever since. (laughs) Sorry, just kicked it.
0: That's so great because you've given me, you've laid it up for me like a nice segue (laughs) into our discussion about what the new homeschoolers need to know because you were one. Once being that when I say, when I say new homeschooler, I don't mean like mom has, you know, a five-year-old and says, let's homeschool. I'm talking about the people who've had their kids in public school for some amount of time. It could be kindergarten. It could be all the way through ninth grade or something. Mm-hmm. And they are now saying for a wide variety of reasons, I'm not doing it anymore anymore. I'm going to pull my kids out, and very, very often, as Shelly described, there's some degree of duress. There's some, you know, impetus for doing it that's not so much pro homeschooling as anti whatever you're running away from. You know, like whatever you're getting away from, and that's a little bit different. You come into homeschooling, right, Shelly, then with like a different mindset than you would if you said, "I've looked at all my options and I'm choosing to do this." So, yes, can you talk to the audience about? What you've learned that homeschooling is and isn't so that the newbies kind of hear the difference. So, like I said, I, I originally burned out for the, the
1: first time that I tried doing it after two years. And I think that's because when you are a parent who kind of feels like you were thrown into it or that you really didn't get to research much, you only can go back to your own experience, what how how you were educated as a child and for most of us. We went to a traditional school, whether it's public school or private school. Most of them are set up the same way. And so that's that's what I went to. I put a little chalkboard. I had a classroom. I even went to a thrift store, got little old fashioned school desks. I put the little school posters around the classroom and not to say that any of these things are bad at all. But for me, that that kind of got me into teacher mode. And I got to the point where I had my children raising their hands to go to the bathroom or to ask me a question. And I forgot I was a mom first. I'm a mom. And I was so excited. It was almost like I was playing school. But that it wasn't fun for very long. And I think that the, the one thing that I tell new homeschoolers when I talk to them is that you do not have to replicate school. That method might work for some children. It might work for some families. But if it does not work for you or for your family, because I have to say that you, a lot of times we will take into account our children, but we also have to take into account ourselves because we are the ones presenting the material. And so if it doesn't work for your family, it's okay because there are so many different ways to homeschool. And in fact, what I found with my family is that we try to make things as unlike traditional school as we can, because that is what works for us, That's especially great. with a family our size.
0: Yeah, you can you can really work around your specific needs. Um, and I think you're right that a lot of newer homeschoolers forget that there's no one sitting on your shoulder saying, you can't do that. I mean, there really isn't. Um, and so take advantage of that. Now, do you recommend that people do a certain period of de-schooling?
1: Yes, absolutely, um, because if you don't take that time, you are going to be tempted to just constantly question yourself. Am I doing enough? My children aren't learning this fast enough. Why haven't they completed this workbook? I thought they would have finished it by now. Deschooling both yourself and your child, it really helps you to just observe your children. thats It's a great time to just watch them. What do they like to do? How do they like to learn? How do you like to, to do things? Because that is going to come into how you do things with your children. And I think that if you take the time to just relax and stop thinking about school, just completely pretend that it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you will see that there is learning to be found in everything. And you can really start to take that into your homeschool once you do decide, OK, it's time we're going to officially start now.
0: Right, and I'm sure you must have a video that goes into like how to de-school and things. To... I think
1: I have a playlist for de-schooling.
0: Okay, so guys, yeah, if that's something that's in- of interest to you, but I, it's definitely, if you want to avoid the, I'm recreating school, I'm jumping in too fast, I'm trying to make it perfect too fast, then I would suggest you go look for that playlist and, and really focus on trying to de-school. How long you do it, how you do it, that's obviously gonna be individual, but strongly recommend it. Um, now what about the relationship with the outside world that, you know, people who are accustomed to a set it and forget it kind of mindset, right? Like I dropped my kid off at the school, there's somebody taking care of all that stuff. And now they're in charge. So they are in charge. Like, I mean, there's pluses we just described, like you can customize, you can do what you want, but for some people that feels like pressure, not just on the academic side, but on the social side. So what are some things you'd like people to know that homeschooling is not isn't as far as community?
1: Um, well, first of all, I've, I've been getting so many comments from people lately, not necessarily fans of homeschooling, who automatically think that if your child is homeschooled, they do not have any social skills or friends, and they don't leave their houses. And one thing that I do like to tell people is that homeschoolers leave their homes. All the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> They interact in their community and very often they're out in their community more than than school students just because they have more time to be out in the community than school students. So, you know, I think that sometimes you have to be more intentional as a homeschooling parent to make sure that that your children are that they have friends. But I don't put it like at the top of the list of priorities when it comes to homeschooling. Because I think that, again, this is where that whole school mindset comes in. They're picturing a classroom where 30 children, all the same age are interacting and they think my child is not going to develop socially if they're not, you know, with a group of children who are exactly their age. And that's just not how it works. You know, socialization, I read somewhere, I wish I remembered where, but I read somewhere that the entire notion of socialization was first invented at the, t- at the start of compulsory schooling to kind of um, compensate for the fact that people's childrens were being taken away from them for such extended periods of time. That was when it's, and, and it also was um, an argument for the age segregated classrooms. And so really, if you look before compulsory schooling, people just interacted in their community with people of different ages. And I think a lot of times that's why people might look at homeschoolers as being awkward. It's just because they might not be acting like their public school peers because they are very often brought up around people of, of all ages and not just being influenced by other kids their own age.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point that they actually have a cross age, you know, where, when else in your life, are you in a room with people who are only your own age and only your own demographic or only your own, you know, you're in a zip code for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. another thing it calls to mind is when you were talking about, they came up with the concept of socialization because they're away from their parents for so long and I'm not comparing children to dogs. Okay. Not in the literal (laughs) sense. So please don't hear me when I say, when I use this analogy, but If you talk to people who train dogs or who are even the vet, they will tell you there's a window of opportunity for your puppy to be socialized. And obviously puppies, unlike human babies, they mature very fast, right? Well, just stretch it out in your mind that there's a window of time called childhood where you know, your children would be socialized. But what you also learn when you're training a puppy is that you don't socialize your puppy eight hours a day. In (laughs) fact, they'll tell you that it only takes, you know, like maybe one hour of just interacting with them. You know, you take them to the park, you show them other people, you take them around a wide variety of different scenarios, loud noises, older people, younger people, babies in baby carriages, little children walking around. In other words, that the Mm -hmm. way that you were socializing this new little creature on the planet is to expose them to a wide variety of different social situations, not eight hours of almost identical social interactions, because then they become good at doing that thing Mm -hmm. and interacting in that environment. But they actually are incredibly awkward out of that environment. So that's what there are people think, Oh, I socialized my puppy. I played with him all day in my living room. Like, no, you didn't. So your dog may be super well behaved in your living room with you and your family. The second you go outside, they're lunging at cars and biting strangers and you know, like they don't have the first clue how to deal with the leaf blower. Well, this is what I've noticed with the public school situation. For all they were gonna teach them social emotional skills, we're gonna teach them empathy, we're gonna teach them this. They, they, and they don't even know how to function inside the building all that great. But once they leave, I mean, this is them. Yeah, like you take them to a restaurant. You tell them it's time to order. Can you order for me? Can you just order my food? Yeah. And I'm sorry, yeah. but <laughs> I don't consider that a well socialized individual. No, <laughs> just because they have five friends that they sit on here with, and they go, "I have friends." Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. These are my friends. Why don't you guys get together? Why would I do that? What? Why? They're right like, here. They're right <laughs> here. That's that socializing. And, like, being cool or, like, knowing the, the lingo and all that is not socialization. Socialization is about being comfortable and able to adapt and interact in different social situations and in different social – uh with different social expectations. Obviously, there's one expectation at the park. There's one expectation in a restaurant and one expectation in a fast food restaurant or a nicer restaurant at church, at the, you know, et cetera. So the kids who actually spend their life in the world – and not just on it in a room, mm-hmm. or a couple of rooms. They get those right. They First get stand. Their- yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's just something. I, I when you said the the thing about how they're in a classroom with thirty kids, and all I could think of was the puppy in the living room that never gets taken to the park. Yeah, yeah, same, same thing.
1: Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that the other day, because when you take your children out with you, you know, my my daughter might be nine, but she has been to the bank with me to go, to go do business there. And, you know, she comes with me to the grocery store and she comes with me to the notary. And, you know, in all of these places, not only are they learning how to interact in the community and, you know, what behavior is important, like you were mentioning, but they are learning how to even interact with people on an individual basis. And it's not something, you know, you can you can show kids on a PowerPoint in a classroom what is expected, but it just doesn't compare to actually doing it.
0: That's right. That's right. And yeah, they do they do role playing, but like seeing your peers role play is something, it's like. Is that real? No. Yeah. Um. So, now the other thing you you said something really important before where you said when you're choosing how to homeschool, don't forget yourself. Don't 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 leave yourself out of what works for you. And when it comes to this community question, I think this is also important. I think when parents hear, you know, oh, and they're you know the the homeschool kids are out and about and they're doing things. There's there are there is a subset of parents now. Some because they have to work. Mm-hmm. Some are thinking. Okay, I so what you're telling me is I have to completely restructure my work schedule and change my lifestyle because otherwise I won't be able to arrange for all of these things. And I think there are some very creative working parents who found ways with time sharing and with their friends and with other people in the community, but there are also people who are either because they're introverted, they don't have a ton of friends themselves, they don't particularly like going out that much. They work from home. There's like a wide variety, you know, people, there are people who are reluctant to leave the public schools, even though we've known for years, they've not been good, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and look in the mirror and say, what is it exactly that I'm clinging to? Because that ain't a good education. Like, just be honest. Yeah. And it's not just because it's a babysitter. So what is it? I think part of it is that people don't want to accept and embrace is, I don't have to do this stuff. Like right. the, the, the The planning the getting out, the finding other people. I don't have to put myself out there. And, I, and I'm not, I'm, I hope people don't hear judgment. I'm not trying to say like, you're a bad person because you don't wanna do this. Some people are temperamentally this way. They're just like, I don't have a lot of friends and I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. So what would you say to those people who are hearing it as, as pressure? Like, oh, now I've got to make all these interactions. Well, I actually can
1: tell you that I might not seem like it, but I am very introverted myself. Um so when I say things like out and about in the community, I mean it in a different way than other people might. So some people might be talking about going to museums and being in 4H and having all of their children in three different sports and an art class and so on and so forth and those are all fantastic things. For me on the other hand, I really am more laid back. So when I say things like out and about in the community, I just mean organic daily living that my children can shadow me and just learn life skills along the way. It doesn't have to be fancy. The time with your, the, the time that you spend with your children is precious. And I think that I actually made a video about this a while back. I was calling it, I think it was the problem with trendy homeschooling is what I called it. And what we're seeing is a lot of articles in, in different magazines and everything about newer homeschoolers and they're talking about how we homeschool but we're never home we're always we're in paris we're in um we're going to the museum we are traveling across the country in a camper and those are fantastic things but for most people we don't do these things and that's okay. So I think that you just have to take into account that just like there are so many different learning styles in homeschooling, there are so many different methods to homeschool. There are different lifestyles in general. And you just take the opportunity to let your child be with you in a way that you are comfortable with, because even if you're not doing all of those fancy things, all of those outgoing things, and your child is just going to the grocery store with you, you're taking them to the park every once in a while, um, taking them... Like I mentioned before, to the notary, I keep saying that because I just did that with with one of my children today. So these are the things that also it, they they matter to them because they're going to look back on them and they're going to remember these things that they did with you. But then when they are older and they have to do these things themselves, that they're, they're going to be able to apply the things that they've learned to it. So yeah. you don't you don't need to be fancy. Just be yourself with your children.
0: That's so. That's such great advice. And you. And once again, see, so you, you, you. It's almost like we plan this. She keeps <laughs> like laying it up for me. You mentioned globe trotting and traveling, and of course, I'm hearing kachin, kachin, kachin. ching yeah. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of people out there will come to me and they'll say, "Yeah, it's all great, Dad, but you know, only rich people can homeschool." I'm like, "You're joking, right?" Like <laughs> yeah. literally, the people would in my homeschool group when my kids were little they, they were, um, and you know, full disclosure, my kids were homeschooled for four years. Then they had to go into public school after a divorce. Then they came out again after COVID and so forth. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get them out the whole time, but anyway, um, both people have to agree and it right. doesn't always really work that way. So right anyway But the people in my homeschool group, uh, like I'm middle-class and I felt like I was the wealthiest person in our group. There were people with like minivans taped together with duct tape. There were <laughs> people who had, like the kids were wearing, they would buy their clothes at the thrift store. Then they were having the, the hand-me-downs because the if there's one myth that I would really like to debunk is that you need to be rich to homeschool, that homeschooling is expensive. It can be, you can make it expensive. Oh, I mean, sure. certainly with that, you can fly to Paris, you can do that yeah. stuff and you can buy all the things, but you absolutely don't need to. I've met people who homeschooled with like, you know, a library card and a bus pass. Like, you know, you don't, yeah. you that's don't all you have- need that's it. You don't have to do all the stuff. So, um, any other like little last sort of thing you want to add to that money thing? Cause you, you sort of laid it up for me. What do you want to say? Sure.
1: Yeah. We, we ourselves, we are definitely not rich. Uh, my, my husband is blue collar. He's a blue collar worker and he has been a blue collar worker for our entire marriage, which is coming up on 25 years. So, I think that you just have to learn to tell the difference between wants and needs. Sometimes you think that you need to have something, but then you realize later, oh, I, I probably just want that. And that's something that I myself had to had to learn how to just kind of learn to live within our means. Now, we have nine people still living in our house because only seven of my children still live at home. And then my husband and myself, our house is 760 square feet. Yes, it's, I really am the old woman who lives in a shoe. I really, oh my do- God. yes, you get lots of bunk beds. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Bunk oh, beds are goodness. our friends. Yeah. So on, you know, and then we always, we buy our cars used. We just went on our first vacation ever since 2011 and, and that one, and it was only, it was like a three night stay somewhere. Yes. So That's I had a lot of that- people
0: to put up. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so we've just, we've learned how to make do with what we have. We really focus on contentment. I also, I love the library. The library is fantastic. And I always tell people, you can homeschool pretty much every subject just with a library card. Except for math, that might be a little bit more difficult unless you are really good with just living math. That was never my thing doing doing living math. I really did need to have some sort of curriculum for that. But some library websites even do have math um, curriculum on them. They have foreign languages on their websites. You would just be amazing amazed at what you can find just there online for free. Um, And also, we reuse curriculum like we don't, we don't feel the need to just buy new curriculum every year. We use a unit study curriculum that lasts several years. So I buy it once it's like this thick. And we've been using it for years now. And I I really think it's so important that people understand that that you absolutely do not need to be wealthy. If I can do this, My husband, he was, he was a welder. He worked in a foundry for um, about 17 years and just less than a year ago, he, he up and moved somewhere else. And now he makes candy for a living. And yet we are still doing this. And then the little bit of income that I get from YouTube and that's it.
0: So yeah, we can
1: do it. Anyone can. Well, okay.
0: Almost anyone. I don't want to be unrealistic. Almost anyone can. Right. But, you know, you can even, and the people say, well, what about child care? And I'm like, believe it or not, that I've known of people in cities, for example, where you have single parents and they just, they, they get a group of people together who have similar concerns. Chances are you're not alone. In fact, I would say 100% certainty you are not alone. Whatever the reason is that you want your kids out of the school, there are other people who feel the same way, probably right there in your neighborhood because they go to the same school. So- yeah you know, you, you may have to put yourself out there socially to find those people and make those friends and know they don't have to all be in your kid's class or the same age. Mm -hmm. Pull your resources. You'd be amazed what you could figure out. Um, and I've known people who've done it at night. It also doesn't be in the day. It could be at night, it could be weekend. It's not an eight hour day. So, but speaking of the money, since the other reason I got you here was that a lot of people are saying, but I'm leaving money on the table. I want my money back. And in comes school choice trademark, you know, school school choice TM, and they tell you all about how they're going to get your education dollars back for you. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned about homeschooling. Are you concerned yes. about homeschooling? Okay, tell us. Yes. I have to tell you that I
1: actually, at first, I was falling for the school choice thing a couple of years ago because they weren't really talking about it when it came to homeschooling. It was mainly being talked about in, you know, about private schooling. And I thought, oh, well, well, that makes sense. And then I was just, I had this whole idea of the, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, that's how I was looking at it. And then over time they started bringing homeschooling into the mix. And I thought, hmm, I don't know if I like this, because I know that the government does not give anything for free. Yes, it might be our tax money. It might. Well, it not might be. It is our tax money. And yes, it was taken from us. But I think we all know that the government does not look at it as our money. They look at it as their money and they're not going to give it without strings attached. So You know, we had the homeschool pioneers, what was that, back in the 80s, who they fought diligently for homeschool rights. And there are some states that have no regulation, like Texas. I always try to get my husband to move to Texas because there's no homeschool regulations there. He's like, no, it's too hot. But you know, and, and I, I live in Pennsylvania. I live in one of the most like like strict states, but it's, it's very manageable. And I just keep looking at the people who want to accept the school choice vouchers for homeschooling. I just look at it as a door opening for the government to start, start inserting itself more into our homeschool, telling us what we need to teach. Um, And what materials we need to use and just having that interference. And I've seen the government's track record. When they get money, they they don't care about accountability. But when they are giving money to others, they're all about accountability and what, what that means. And that's okay because again, it is tax money. But at the same time, I I'm just really fearful because there are so many new people who are starting homeschooling now. And again, like I was in the beginning, they are probably feeling thrown into it. Um, It's not something that they ever planned on doing. So they obviously haven't planned financially for it, haven't really researched. So when they see these people saying, hey, you, you can get your money back for homeschooling, it really does look enticing. But that is because a lot of these people are new and they don't understand that anything that the government gives to you is going to come with a price. And I think that's something that most, at least, veteran homeschoolers are not willing to to give up. We do not want to give up our freedom. Even in my strict homeschooling state, it is still extremely manageable here. And I, yeah, it's something that I've worried about for a long time.
0: Yeah. Although, and and
1: I, you know, and I don't want it to sound like I don't want people to homeschool because I would. I'm I'm very. I would be okay if all government schools shut down. I know that people don't like hey. when I say that.
0: I say it all I'm an abolitionist. So <laughs> yes, people yes, are like, Yes. And I, you know, it's like, look, I'm gonna, you know, we all have goals, right? I tell you that's my goal that that I think it's gonna happen, you know. I mean, is a different issue. Right. But but you have to and and probably tell me if you agree with me. My feeling about that is based on principle. It's based on the principle that I don't think they should have been created in the first place. I think it's a conflict of interest for the state to be educating the children. It would be like instituting a religion. You just there's certain things the state shouldn't be doing and putting ideas into the minds of children. It has to be self reinforcing. There's no right. there's no way it's not going to be. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, they have police power, so that that I object to it on principle. And then people Absolutely. say, "Well, but we used to have you know public before it was compulsory," and I'm like. There's a big difference both yeah. morally and legally when there's volunteerism. When a right. town, and it's and if it's especially if it's very local. When a town of people get together and say, we'd like to have a local fund, a local thing, a bond, whatever you want. We would like to put money in. Sorry, I go- just need
1: to get water really quickly. I'm so sorry. Go back. ahead. It's okay.
0: It's okay. Oh, I know this feeling when you're when you're trying to talk and then you can't you can't even speak because you need water it happens.
1: I'm sorry. I have allergies and I get that tickle cough and it
0: does not go away. No, I totally get it. Um, But what I'm saying is, you know, there's local funding. I mean, I just think once you elevate it to a thing where it's sort of an automatic expected giant pile of money, income, the special interests, income, the people lobbying to get their piece of the pie. And it ceases to be about the parents and taxpayers in a small locality that say, for the children who live in this neighborhood or the children who live in this uh you know county even but i think mm-hmm. once you get past the county level things go awry yeah and and it's just these giant consolidated school districts these humongous school boards it's just it, it becomes a very top-down institutionalized indoctrination center it can't help but be so that's why i'm an abolitionist amongst yes. other things um not because i hate children and don't want them to get an education no
1: but for me it's because i love children
0: exactly and you i get don't one like childhood happening. one <laughs> yes
1: yes Short
0: and i i don't like life. to
1: see what what they're being put through and they don't realize that they're being put through it but when you're looking at it well some some children actually do yes, but do. when you're looking at it from the outside like like john taylor gatto you know he was mm-hmm. new york city and state teacher of the year and he quit he quit teaching because he no longer wanted to hurt children yeah. and it's because if you if you know once you know the history of why it all started it completely changes everything for you and you're like nope this these these schools should have never it should have never happened in the first place community nope. schools yes that was one one room schoolhouses were great community schools are great but the whole idea of these government schools it was never, never and meant for education. you see they're starting
0: to co-opt the term community schools because they know that we think it means local school, that's yeah. like your neighborhood school. So they're calling, what they mean is school is your new community. They yep. mean they're going to put the doctor's office and all the things, in yes. the, even a laundromat and all this, like in the school, so that like that's the center of your child's universe. The only yes. thing missing is a dormitory and that's probably coming soon. So it's the community's whole child community school thing is actually quite sinister. So when Shelly's saying community school, she means this one like the schoolhouse small community yeah,' small. Like it's, it's not in a district. Yeah, like, we have a school and it goes K through 12 and the kids go there almost like a village schoolhouse and you know, it's 2022. So it probably wouldn't be quite like that, but you could have multiples. You could have, this is the school where kids are, you know, doing like Montessori like stuff and they love that. And here's the school where the kids are like, you know, need special needs treatment or whatever. Um, and they get what they need and it's like, let's put everyone into one building, pool all the funds and then say we can do a good job. Like when in the history of the world has that been possible? Um, it's so with this, Sorry.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's funny that you did bring up the community schools in the other manner, though, because when my children were back in school for those two years, I was on the community school group meeting or committee because I heard community school thinking that it was the definition that you just gave. And so when I started this, this, when I started joining the meetings and going to these groups, I realized that they wanted to have after school programs every day, and um, think of what who was it Kamala Harris that said about children uh, that it's her goal to have the schools open for like ten hours for yeah. for children. Breakfast, and, lunch, dinner. And yeah, and that's really what what they wanted at that time. They wanted to have just program after program after program before school, after school, and like you were saying, they they wanted to have all of the meals, and they wanted to have like the soup kitchen, which is which is good communities need soup kitchens. But I think the issue was that they wanted to have the school open, not just to the students too, but to everyone in the community to come in.
0: Oh, nothing wrong with no safety. issues. Yes.
1: They, they, yeah, they had like the, the, like, I remember the one year they had the flu shot clinic there and they had everyone coming in for that. And it was just, I was thinking this, this doesn't seem right to me. You know, school should not be the focal point of everyone's life. And no. that that's, that's what it seemed like they were trying to do.
0: No, it seems like tailor-made to make everyone super dependent on government and have mm-hmm. the kids see that as normal. So that rather than ever seeing people at work or even at play, they see everybody in the community is all together in this one place doing all the things. And of course- that reinforces what they want, which is you know we we we're we're all in this coll- giant collective, and the parents, your individual nuclear family, is not the center of your universe. It's all, you know, I, I say it all the time, and people would get like gasp. But but the the last person that we know of to do this and be successful with it was Hitler, <laughs> mm-hmm. and in Germany, the school system, or as far as like, you're, there is no homeschooling in Germany. It's completely right. illegal, and so then you know that kind of brings me to one of my concerns. We talked about this before we went on, on the air mm-hmm. that people have said, well, just don't take the money. If they come to you and they don't take the money. Now, what do you say back to them on that? Well, I
1: think I have a different perspective. Not that I disagree with you. I just come at it from a different ways because I have been worried for so long. Well, once I realized that they were trying to bring school choice into homeschooling is that when people say, well, what if just don't take the money if you don't want it, right. but the entire time that I've been homeschooling up until just a couple of years ago, it has stayed steady around 2.5 million homeschoolers. So that, that's an estimate. And now all of a sudden there is a huge mass exodus from the school system, which I think is great. I think that's great. But at the same time, since there are so many people who are coming out of the school system That And like I mentioned before, that might not have actually researched it and looked into what the repercussions of school choice might be. And I just keep thinking to myself, what if 90 percent of these people who are coming into homeschooling say, you know what? Yes, we are going to take these these vouchers. And what my fear is, is that eventually the, the government is going to say, well, you know what, it's There are so many people, most people are doing it this way. So why don't we just make, we'll just make it easier for us. And we'll have, it's not fair if these people have these rules and these people don't have these rules or the same rules. So let's just have everyone do it the same way. And that is what my fear is, is that I just, I do not want the government to have any more control over my homeschool than it already does.
0: Well, for people out there who might be thinking, oh, they wouldn't do that. Did you – if you have children, did you get a little child tax credit check like once a month for three months in a row from the Biden administration that you never asked for? Yeah. But it just showed up in your mailbox and then they sent you a letter afterwards going, oh, when you sit down to do your taxes, you know, money oh, that money that yeah. we sent you that you didn't ask for, well, you're now going to be ta- – I mean, yeah. like – that, And so suddenly your entire plan for your taxes that you may have had down to like – you know, the last dollar, everything about what you were going to deduct and everything. And they didn't tell you that when they say, they're just like, here's the money. Ah." Yeah. And then this is what they're going to do. And I can almost guarantee you, they're going to send these so-called education dollars and they're going to freaking tax them. Mm -hmm. Of course. So there's that. And then, like you said, if they say, well, it's just easier this way, we're already sending you the money. I would like to tell people to take a look at Sweden. Because in Sweden, they had a little charming plan where they would give out school. They would do school choice and people could go to private school and whatever and then homeschool. And it just got really complicated managing everything. So they just banned the homeschooling and then all the private schools were public schools. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're funding them anyway. We're regulating them anyway. There's so, no more private schools and there's no more uh, homeschooling. So there you go.
1: Yeah. I'm so then When I say that to people, oh, you're just being paranoid. Well, no, I'm not being paranoid because there are precedents for this. You know, it has happened. So I think think that you're being naive if you if you think that it's that it's not, you know, likely to happen. Am I one? Is it? Will it 100 percent happen? No. But I think that even if it's a chance, it's a chance I don't want to take.
0: I think when you live in a world where um, you know, there are child drag shows, and I mean not ones performed for children, but with children as the drag queens, yeah. I don't think anyone gets to call anybody paranoid anymore. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure that's off the table. When they're talking yeah. to us about eating bugs and forcing us to drive electric cars, I think the whole, like, you're paranoid needs to just stop right there. You know, yes. like, am I though? Yeah, and remember, we also have the precedent of if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If oh, you yes. like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah, yeah. How we well couldn't. did that turn out? <laughs> no, it went up. I think our plan went up uh, something like sixty percent. It Insane. went up, and, and we weren't using the plan like the Obamacare thing. And that's what people said. Well, if you don't want the subsidy, don't take it. And I'm like, but I'm still paying for yours, right? Understand, I'm paying for yours. And so when they do these school choice programs, and they are going to have to continue to fund the public schools, right, Shelly? They're not going to be able to, the unions aren't going away, and they're not going to, they have payroll. They're not going to suddenly fire tens of thousands of teachers because enrollment's dropped. They're already, you know how we know? Look at the stats of enrollment. They're plummeting. For every, I think it's like for every 100 students who leaves, only one staff member leaves. They have to lose 100 students before they lose one person. So it's not just a class goes and they lose a teacher. It doesn't work like that. Not to mention the fact we already have very top-heavy and people who don't even teach administrators, DEI directors, curriculum directors, all these other people that don't ever set foot in the classroom. There's a shortage of those people. Right. But there's not no shortage of these people. You're going to fire them all. <laughs> Where are they going to go? So they're right. still make these contracts. They're still going to pay them to basically do nothing. Like in New York City, they pay teachers to do nothing and who, you know, are on contract. And that's not going away. So then they'll come and say, oh gosh, oh gosh, we have we have double budget now. We're going to need more money. We're going to have to raise your taxes. we we'll have to bond measure. We're gonna be, 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 be. And so it's not only going to hand you some strings, but it's probably going to raise your taxes, probably going to make things more expensive like with college. Don't get a federally subsidized college loan or a federally guaranteed loan then if you don't want one. Okay, well, that's all swell, but now my kid has to pay out of pocket like twice as much as she would have, you know, five years ago because of other people taking the loans. To your point, like, all y'all want to go out and take the school choice money. You are hurting me. Yeah. You, You actually are. Right. And that's been a really hard point to get across, but- I mean, am I overstating it, do you think? Or like, do you agree that that, no, that is going to back I up on us? I agree
1: with you 100%. And I I know that there are people, most people on my channel, at least, completely agree with me. And they completely agree with you. But every once in a while, I just have the people coming on me on saying to me, well, you don't have to take it if you don't want it. And there's not going to be any strings attached. And I just, I think if you truly believe that, I think that you just need to look at our government a little bit more closely. <laughs>
0: Right. Why are you fleeing school in the first place? I would ask them.
1: Yes. You don't because... leave one crutch of the government to go to another crutch of the government.
0: Exactly. If, if you're
1: going to break free, to break free, be free.
0: Thank so. you so much. And that's, w- wouldn't you describe, like, because I've said to people, I I have school choice and so do you right now. Yeah.
1: You don't I... need money for that.
0: Yeah, just leave. And and then, you know, like I said, that they'll say, well, no, because I'm I'm stuck in this zip code or I have to go to this building if I want to use the school. And it's like, but you're forgetting the if I want to use the school part. It is compulsory that your child be educated, not Mm -hmm. that they go to school. Right. And the only reason we have compulsory schooling, which I, by the way, disagree with and ne- think needs to be done away with, mm-hmm. um, I think that kids should be perfectly free—you know, not truant at all—and their parents shouldn't be under some obligation to have them at home and doing nothing at, you know, sixteen if they could be working. If that, if that's their path and they would rather be doing that or going to tra- trade school or working on a farm, then I don't think the government should have anything to say about it. That's exactly. But um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the choice issue you know, it's compulsory. Like you got to be in the building or make other arrangements. So it's that, or that people are saying they don't want to do. And then, okay. And I respect that. If you don't want to make this choice of homeschooling or sending to a private school or whatever, starting some kind of co-op that, that is your choice.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. The argument I would make to them is you're mostly complaining that they're taking money from you. That's what you're complaining about. You're not complaining that you don't have a school choice. You're complaining that somebody stole from you and spent it on something you didn't want them to spend it on and called it school without checking with you, without asking if you agree that that's what school is or you agree that that's an education. So, And what you and I are saying, right, is that if the money goes through them, that they don't lose that. They still get to call education what they want to call it. They mm-hmm. still get to call, you know, so when they go, here it is for legitimate education expenses or school expenses or homeschool expenses, why would you think they would relinquish the their authority to define what education is?
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: That's what they, they just stole money and said, uh, let's spend it on this thing and call it education will <laughs> yes. oh, it'll be a nice jobs program from the people who vote for us. Yeah. It's so obvious to me. But then again, like I've been studying this for decades. So yeah, you know, those of us who have studied the the history of education, yes, all this stuff, like it jumps out and smacks us in the face, right? Yes. It's like I'm just like, no, what are you saying? <laughs> what are you doing? And and I feel like we could just every day we could try to say, like, ask yourself this question. Is it really, you know, you're leaving the school? Clearly, your definition of education is different from the government's, right? Mm-hmm. And most people go, well, yeah, okay. So then why are you letting them call a pile of money? Education dollars. Right. You've already decided they do that badly. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, so. Right. And who are they to decide how much it should be? Yes. They don't do such an awesome job of that either because it's gone up, 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 up. What are we like in New York City? $20,000 a kid, supposedly. <laughs> insane. We know that doesn't end up in the classroom. We know no. they're not, we homeschoolers were like, do you know what I could do with 20 grand? Like, I know. You know what I could do with 20 grand? Like, oh my God, I could run a school for 20 grand. I know. It's insane. I know. It's insane. We need to have it. You know what we should do, Shelly? We should do a show where we take like a, the per pupil cost in like the average per pupil cost in the United States. And we should have a show fantasizing what we would do as homeschoolers with that much money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, then I might be globetrotting. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's like, I have two ch- No, like, at this point, I had three children. You've got six. Can you imagine? And then people say, well, they're not going to give you all that money. That's, that's what they spend per child because they have the building expenses, of this and that. Your your school choice money is only going to be seven grand or whatever. Do you want me to fantasize about seven? I'll fantasize about seven. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm game. (laughs) Whatever, pick an amount greater than five hundred bucks, and let's go. You know, we'll 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 fantasize about what we would do with it. But that's what's hilarious to me. Like you guys, they're robbing you blind, like, and they're borrowing from China (laughs) to do it (laughs) to miseducate your children. So the Chinese are going absolutely. You, by all means, please happy to help. (laughs) Happy to help. Here's some apps. (laughs) <laughs> Install them on your phone <laughs> I mean, for real. No. So I don't mean to. It's not. It's kind of not funny, but like after a point, you I have to have laugh.
1: To- you just have to, so that you don't cry. <laughs> that's what I tell my children sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I have to laugh, or I'm just gonna cry about it.
0: it, it yeah, and and I guess that's that's kind of like the last thing I'm, I'm gonna ask you, I suppose, about all this is since you know we we homeschoolers have a weird position in that. We are on the outside of the system, so we get to observe the system from a distance. But at the same time, because we're on the outside of it, we see things that people inside of it don't necessarily see. The contrast that jumps out at us when we look at, you know, like the content that I'm looking at, or if you were to watch any of my videos or look at Twitter or whatever and see what's out there, the TikTok stuff. And, you know, for us, I think people are like with their kids in the school, they're like frogs in the pot. Like, yeah, Yeah. that's just the one teacher. My teacher's not like that. The other, you know, it's like, that's not going to touch my kid or whatever. We who are in the outside of it going, are you insane? (laughs) Like, why are you dropping your child? And so (sighs) it's hard to be, I find it. Oh, tell me, do you find it hard to talk to people sometimes if they have kids in public school and not go, how do you, Like, why? Like, and I don't want to be rude but it's really hard. It's really
1: hard. You know, that is one of those times that I have just learned to pleasantly keep my mouth shut because I am, I'm likely not going to have many friends afterwards. If I don't, I just smile and nod. If, it, if it's a really good friend, they already know how I feel about it, right. but yeah, they're, or they they're know you my... have
0: a YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what? I have to tell you, honestly, most of my friends do not even know that I have the YouTube channel because it just makes me feel awkward to, to be around people in real life who know that I have a YouTube channel. So, like, someone at my church found out that I have it, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do?" But yeah, to be honest, but they, my friends still know how I feel. But if it's people who are just acquaintances and they talk about these things, I'm just like, "Hmm, hmm," and, and I'm just saying, "You have no idea what's running through my head right now." I just dying to come out and say something but i
0: don't right and and yeah. and we we know that it's not we know that the decision to leave something behind that you set up your life around i mean you've done it mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. is is very very difficult so i don't think we we're not we're not meaning to belittle the decision or to judge anybody we're just saying it's difficult for us to relate i think because we've been on the outside of it and so we we know all the blessings and benefits of being on the outside of it. And I think I wish I could put it in a little pill. You know, they talk about the red pill or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. I wish I could just put a pill. Go like, here, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll all the, the knowledge, <laughs> all the knowledge, all the just deep understanding and whatever else you're missing. You know what? If it's like courage, if it's, you know, whatever it is here, it is in a pill, take it. And like, bing. you know, the lights will go on. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, whatever the aha moment that you need yeah. to have that you, you're going to do it and how worth it, it is. Yeah. Um, But I guess to summarize everything we talked about, well, I'm gonna let you go. What are the key takeaways here?
1: Um, Do you have anything specific that you want me to talk about or well you
0: you've mentioned some really key points that I want to make sure people leave with or if they're just checking in now or whatever they you know didn't miss um about what homeschooling is what it isn't
1: okay um homeschooling does not have to be school at home and in in most instances if you are looking at veteran homeschooling families you will see that it can look Every home will look a different way and it does not make one form of education any, any less excellent than another form of education. So I think that if you are jumping into this thinking, well, I, I'm not a, I'm not a school teacher. I'm not qualified to do this. I want you to remember that you were your child's first teacher and your child learned how to sit, crawl, walk, talk with you. And these are all amazing skills. And so we look at skills now like reading and learning how to do math. And since we're so used to having someone else teach those to our children, we, we, we look at them as being much more difficult than they actually are. And once you learn to just have confidence in yourself and embrace the fact that There is more than one way to do things. And there are so many resources out there on how to do different things. You don't need to be a school teacher. That's something that I had to learn myself when, you know, when I told you that I burned out, I was trying to be a school teacher. Don't be a school teacher to your children, be a mother, or in some cases, be a father,
0: whoever is doing the homeschooling. Yeah. It doesn't have to be mom guys. It doesn't have to be mom at all. It could be dad. I actually know a dad, a couple dads are doing it. Um, And you don't have to be rich. No, we talked about that you don't have to be rich no and and it sounds like from our conversation whether it was about the challenges of building community and you know kind of putting yourself out there or whatever or the challenges of you know recognizing the pitfalls of letting government get involved the the de- during the de-schooling process folks do some homework do some research go go to do, go to, to Shelly's to to her channel and consume material put out by veteran homeschoolers doesn't mean you have to agree with every single thing. And you know, you might watch her content and then be like, okay, now I know what I don't think would work for my family because I've seen that. And I think I want this other thing. And there are other YouTubers as well, but you know, you don't want to overwhelm yourself, but find a couple people. I would say find like a couple people like you and maybe, you know, one other person. And, um, but I'm biased. And then, you know, Really just find those things and say like rule this out, but do some homework and not just on the curriculum set. Don't get yourself all hung up on curriculum. I actually think curriculum is like last That, that. Yes. Yes. It's last. The first thing should be like, what does my family lifestyle need to be like? What do I want the day to flow like? What do I want our community interactions to be? And, you know, like how I want to move around my life now that my kids, you know, I'm I'm the primary parent, not the school teacher. And kind of get that to where you feel really, you know, observe your kids and and then, you know, curriculum is dead last. And even before curriculum, pay attention to some policy. I, I would put that, I'm biased. I think in this day and age familiarize yourself with the people who aren't so glad that you made that decision. Because that's the other thing we didn't touch on. Remember, with all the people leaving schools, there are a lot of people mad that you're leaving.
1: Yes. And that is actually true. I I have a video out telling, and I I think I called it the school district is not your friend. And I think that I called it that because there are some, especially newer homeschoolers that they just want to please the school district and they will do whatever the school district tells them to do regardless of whether they are required by law to do these things. And so once people start giving the school district more than what is required, that school district is going to start harassing other families who are only giving what is required by law. And they're going to expect that from everyone. And that is something that I have seen in my old school district. They changed the laws in Pennsylvania in 2014 so that we no longer had to give the school district the standardized test scores or our portfolios. And yet the first two or three years after they changed that law, whenever I would take the the evaluation letter in, they would ask me for the standardized test scores. And I would tell them, well, I'm not required by law to give that to you. Only my evaluator sees those. And since I knew the law, they they let me go. They didn't argue with me about it, but I do know that I had talked to other homeschooling families in that district who were still giving the standardized test scores because they thought that since the district asked for it, they had to give it. You have to know. Uh, now you were talking about policy, but I know I kind of started talking about the law. You have to know. Thing. Yeah, yeah, you have I mean, to. It's yeah, part of the
0: same thing because Ooh, that I affects- keep taking this. That affects policy. Like you said, if they start getting it from everybody, because remember, guys, one of the things they're doing now is data mining our kids to death. Mm -hmm. And so you start handing them data and they're like, wow, we didn't have to work for this. And then they realize they got a certain percentage of people only too happy to bring it in. They'll just go change the law back. I mean, that's the thing about the political process is it's not permanent. And that's why those of us who are worried about school choice are saying, they're like, oh, but they said like today and then they'll elect somebody in the future. And so if you don't put guardrails on this stuff that are pretty ironclad, like in order to change this, you need three fourths of the, you know, the legislature and the state to vote, to change it. And it's got to go through public comment for, you know, six weeks. And I mean, unless you put like huge hurdles to taking off the guardrails from regulations, they're going to be there in a year. I mean, I wouldn't even give it six months. They're going to be there if they're not there day one. So it, it's they, they're they're data mining, and you hand them things they didn't ask for. they will go and get greedy. They always have.
1: Mm-hmm. You give
0: anything to the government that they aren't by law, you know, authorized to ask you for. If FBI shows up at your door. You don't speak to them. It doesn't matter that they, they're the FBI unless mm-hmm. they're there with a literal warrant. Mm-hmm. You're like you know, bye. Don't, you don't even have to answer the door. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be polite. So it's the same thing with if, you know, the school district shows up on your doorstep and says, Oh, a little homeschooler, same thing. So very good advice. That's really, really important. And that's something you, as a new homeschooler, I would really encourage people to do is, you know, maybe join HSLDA, but don't just, again, don't just join and lay back and not do anything, really read through the material, study your state regulations understand the impacts and and start to think about your own philosophy of education i really think everyone should have one i think everyone should have a philosophy of like why am i educating my children what does education mean to me the government's been defining it your whole life Mm -hmm. now it's your turn Mm -hmm. sit down and think about it talk with your spouse talk with your kids even if they're older Mm -hmm. and start to think about you know Am I really in the pragmatic, I want you to get a job and learn job skills mode? Or do you want your kid to just be a well-rounded, you know, educated person who, you know, they'll adapt to whatever job-wise? I mean, these are very different points of view. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and say one is right or wrong. That's your right. decision. But pick one. Like, decide how what it's for. Because if that guides everything else, right? That guides yes. everything else you do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. So, anyway, that's... I, that's all I can think of. Did, I, did we miss anything in today? I think we covered the new trend, the trendy, trendy stuff. <laughs> and and yeah, you do. I mean, I'm an individualist, but at the same time, I do think it's worthwhile to recognize that your individual choices do back up on other people. Yes, absolutely. And um and then by extension, you, right? You know, when you vote right. when you vote or act against your long-term best interests, you are by default hurting other people. There's no right. way that's only for you, you know, going to happen to you. Like right. Even people who decide I'm going to use drugs. Super. And then when you're like, you know, destitute and have no food and everything else, guess who's going to be called on to take care of you? Right. <laughs> you know, so yes. we don't, we don't live on islands here. Mm-hmm. Um, You're free to do these things. Just please, please think about it. And the same goes for the school choice money. And I know we're going to make a lot of enemies. They're very powerful people and they don't like what we're saying, but we're telling the truth, right? Yes. Always tell the truth. Always. Very important. All right. So don't forget, please follow. There's no place like home. Very easy to remember. YouTube channel, Twitter feed, any place else you are that people need to find you.
1: I'm on Instagram also.
0: Instagram. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know, watch the videos, especially the deschooling schooling stuff. Super important. If you're a new homeschooler, watch the deschooling schooling stuff. Okay. All right. I cannot thank you enough for coming in and talking to me today. Thank you. Thank so you much. for
1: inviting me. This was fun.
0: <laughs> yes, it was a lot of fun. And I was just super glad to meet you because I've, you know, your channel is like just the treasure trove of information. So I hope more people check you out and figure out what's, you know, what's going on thank with that. You. So All right, guys. Thanks. Have a great rest of your evening and we'll see you again next time.